Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah! Hello again and welcome to the Ultimate hey! Cleveland Sports Show. Where's G Bush? Where's yeah, G Bush, where McNuggets? Are you just G- realizing he's not here? No, but I figured the audience is <laughs> just yeah, realizing he's, presenting he's not it here. And I think we should address that off the top. Yeah. Where, where, is he just taking an off day today? His wife is getting. I don't want to say the wrong word, but he's with his wife going through some process for citizenship. And I don't know exactly nothing, what... Got nothing it. That, could, that could have been good. surgical. You left yeah, us hanging. We left like, like, Is she like, okay? She's getting what? She's fine. <laughs> no, okay, she's good. fine. He's okay. All right, Arrested? good. He's what? with her. She's going through whatever... I want to, I want to address that right off. She's going yeah. through, very yeah. good. All right, we'll be back, back tomorrow. tomorrow. All right, very good. Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I'm Jay Crawford, and I would like to file a missing team report on the Cleveland Guardians. Five straight L's. We'll talk about them later in the program. Yeah. And I'm Jason Lloyd. The barbershop is closed while I'm in for Garrett Bush. You see that? You see that? That's what happens when you try and trim <laughs> oh, your own dear. beard. And I gave you a whack. And it, it was like the viral clip of that viral clip of no one's going to know. They're going to know. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, no, sorry, How will they bad. know? And I saw a couple clips from the show. I'm like, oh, my God, it looks awful. Yeah. They're gonna so know. I almost like shaved the whole thing after I saw the clips. But no, I'm, I'm going to wear it. I'm going to wear it. So Looking I good. will never trim my own beard. I will leave it to Garrett, my barber. Yeah, be careful. Close. Live and learn. Be careful. Hey, guys, I'm Mike Polk, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about a potential Cavaliers trade in the works that's just a rumor and probably isn't a real thing. And I'm the actual Jason Lloyd. This is the real Jason Lloyd. And let me tell you, I'm keeping that freaking car, and my wife can stick it. Boom! <laughs> Take that. You got mighty handsome over the last 24 hours. They shaved the beard. Look at him. Right. There he is. That's what you look oh like underneath that God. beard. Don't shave it, brother. Keep it. All right, let's dive in today where, of course, uh, the NFL news is the big news today. Wait, what's going on? Yeah, I'm sure you've heard. The NFL today is hearing the case of Deshaun Watson uh, basically versus the NFL. The NFL, according to multiple reports, are going to ask for a one-year suspension, basically an indefinite suspension. After one year, he would need to reapply for, um, for standing status in the NFL. He'd basically be being kicked out of the league. Essentially, you're yes. right. He would have to reapply for um, for admission back into the NFL. Right. We're familiar with that here because Josh Gordon Correct. had to go through that. Yes. He loved that process. Well, it's that a fun process. process. It's a fun you know? process. Um, the hearing is today. We haven't heard too much in the way of what Deshaun Watson is going to push for. Mm-hmm. We're going to find out, hopefully, after. I don't know if they're going to speak to the media. They probably won't, but I'm sure there will be leaks. Bull. Yeah. What do you think we're going to learn from today's process? Uh, you know, I don't think we're going to learn that much, or at least I don't think we can get any answers today. I think it's going to take some time. I, I think they're going to – the NFL is going to try to keep uh, the details of this hearing or multiple hearings, I guess, kind of quiet, although it, all, it ends up always getting out anyway. Um, so I, I don't know that we're going to learn anything, but I do think it's interesting, and we'll play this clip of Albert Breer in a minute, that about why the negotiations broke down. And, you know, I've been saying for a while that I, I just don't buy the NFL 
is really wants to suspend him indefinitely, and it seems like I'm wrong. I, I'll, I'm still holding out hope that I'm right and that this is all one big. I'm, I'm usually the anti-conspiracy theory guy. I don't really believe any conspiracy theories except this one, yeah. that that the league down deep is just putting all this out there so they look tough, but they don't really want him suspended for that long or won't suspend him ultimately. Mike, what do you think is going to happen? I think uh, they're putting, I mean, the problem with this is the the unprecedented nature of so much of this, and that's why we're having such a hard time pinpointing what's going to happen. Correct. They're, the uncertain nature of the charges in that, it is, there's, so we're still under the statute of limitations. Just because some women haven't complained yet, I think the league's nightmare scenario is that they're going to say, this is what the punishment you're, this is the punishment you're getting, and then two months later, you get a couple more accusers come out, and you're like, what about these ones? And it's like, well, we already took care of that, so we shouldn't, we do, whatever's done is done at this point, they can't do that, so that's part of it. I do think that another part of it is that we don't know exactly, like, we've got these four accusers who are still out there who have not settled yet, they don't like that that's unsettled, and until that's settled, I think that most of this stuff is just lip service. I don't think that we're actually going to be able to get any information, real information yet today, even with what, even when we hear, uh, this is just the starting point today. They're not going to settle anything and come out of that room and say, like, well, that's all done. Yeah. He gets this many games because we still have an appeal process. You've got, the, you've, got other, uh, you've got other interested parties and interests in, like, other NFL teams who are looking at this. We've got the contract situation with Deshaun when other we're, other teams are trying to uh, sign long-term contracts with their quarterbacks. So that affects them. All of these factors. we got Houston getting sued as a team. Other teams are like, does that involve us? Should we stand up for Houston because we're the NFL? Like, do we need to actually come out as well and say, you can't sue that team to cover our butts down the line? There are just way too many moving parts right now, and I love listening to people who are just like, I know what's going to happen, and here's what's going to happen, and no one knows what's going to happen Nobody right knows. Now. What about you, Jace, what do you think? I'm, I'm really fascinated to see how this plays out because in the typical NFL arbitration process, and that's not what this is, but in like what Hugh Jackson uh, came after the Browns, there's uh, a confidentiality agreement that goes along with those arbitration proceedings. So does that apply here? I, honestly, I don't know the answer to that. Are there going to be leaks or is this all going to stay very confidential and buttoned up? Secondly, 20 of the cases have settled. So how is that going to impact Sue Robinson? And it sounds as if the, the information from those 20 cases are not going to be brought. What difference does that make? I don't know. But four or five is a lot smaller of a number than 24. So in, in, a, in a court, in an actual courtroom, those 20 would be thrown out. Are they here? Do they influence her decision here? Does it influence the NFL's punishment? Sure sounds like it is, even though the cases are settled. The horses are out of the barn and the information is still out there. So how does that apply and how does that impact any sort of decision that's coming down? There's just so much that we just don't know and we're just sort of navigating all this together. I'm really trying to withhold judgment on, until we get to the, to the end of this. And I'm trying not to burn down the Browns until we know he's out for a year. I'm trying not to come down on Deshaun until we hear the end of it, but it's getting harder and harder and harder and everybody's sort of dug in on their side and, and we heard Garrett yesterday say, hey, if you're going to come after him, how can you do that if you didn't go after Dan Snyder and, and, and Jerry Jones? And he's right. But at the same time, that's sort of dismissing the horrific allegations that we're talking about here. So it's just, it's messy, it's complicated, I'm sick of talking about it. I just want finality to it so we can move on to football one way or the other. Let's get clarity on this so we know what we're dealing with when training camp begins. Yeah, to Mike's point, as much as we would love to have clarity, 
It doesn't look like no, that's going to happen. I'm sure, to your point, they're not coming out of there today. No. And jointly speaking, the media saying, this is what we've decided. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the most likely thing that's going to happen today is they're going to each pitch their side. They're going to pitch their case. And then it's in the hands of Sue Robinson. And then we'll probably have to wait an unknown amount of time before she actually comes forward with what she's going to recommend as a punishment. Now, if she recommends no punishment, this deal is over. Mm-hmm. That's it. I went through the process yesterday. Yeah. If she decides that she, that there is a punishment in order, and I can't imagine that she doesn't issue... The earth will that, stop the earth, yeah, there's there's no, no, She says there's, there's no, no chance. Yeah, yeah, there's just no imagine. chance that will happen. So I looked. He's all ne- good. Yeah. <laughs> the next step from there would be the NFL could appeal, and that appeal goes to Roger Goodell. Roger Goodell would then either rule on the appeal himself or... This is what I think he'll do because the optics of him ruling on it himself would be awful. Mm-hmm. I think he then would appoint someone else who then would decide. A fall guy. Yeah, I, yeah, pretty right. much a yeah. fall yeah. guy is right because. <laughs> Not my fault. And it's this so guy I, I don't, I, who I hired. I don't think Roger Goodell um, no. is tone deaf enough to think that he can actually rule yeah. on an appeal. You, you mentioned think, the Albert Breer song. Yeah, we gotta Let's yes. get to that because yeah. Albert yesterday on the Dan Patrick show was basically talking about how we got to the point where the league is pushing for this indefinite suspension. Listen. My understanding is that the settlement talks collapsed over the league's insistence on a year suspension. Um, and now they're going to be looking for something indefinite um, where he'd have to apply to get back in after a year. Um, and then the union is going to ask for much lighter punishment on the basis of the league's case not being as strong as a lot of people think it is. You know what's fascinating, guys, is that, you know, Mike talked about all the things that are hanging out there, all the balls in play, right? But if Albert's right, and Albert is obviously one of the most connected NFL guys there is, if he's right, then it sounds like had Deshaun agreed to a one-year suspension, that maybe it would have already been announced, even with all the things, that, even with the uncertainty mm-hmm. out there, That's what he that said. they may have been willing to just yeah. say, okay, it's a year, we'll see you in a year. What does it tell you that he didn't take that? That the Browns and Deshaun Watson didn't accept that one year. You'd they like were never going to. They were never going to accept a year like that. We talked about yesterday. That's right. disastrous. If it's if it's a full year, the Browns entered this and made the trade, believing it was going to be far less than a year, and no one's ever put a number on it. But I said it before, at the owners' meetings, the NFL owners' meetings, right after the trade, as we were talking to people throughout the organization, the the, the message that kept coming back to me was cautiously optimistic. We are cautiously optimistic right. that it's not going to be anything that debilitates the season and fill in whatever number you want there. But certainly a year is not cautiously optimistic. No, but a pl- if a plea, this is essentially a plea bargain offer. Right. Yeah. And if it's there and you know that there's a potential that it could be worse, worse. than a year, mm-hmm. at some point you're looking at the cards you're holding and you're making a decision. Do I like this hand or not? And the Browns and Deshaun clearly yeah. like their hand. They like right. it enough to think that they can get less than a year. I know that, again, I think it's the important thing that we're looking at here is the precedent. And that's why everybody is watching this so carefully, because we can't look at this as an individual case and be like, well, we figured out that Deshaun Watson thing. And because NFL owners, the NFL Players Union, they're all looking at this and saying, whatever we decide on now is going to dictate 
the future in a lot of the in, in future cases set like the bar this. set the bar so yeah. we don't we got to we got to make sure that we're fighting it to the, the degree that we want to to make sure that we're that that precedent that gets set is something that people can point back to and say well in that case you only got this or in that case you gave them this many games so i think that that's what's that's what's going to make makes these negotiations so much more complicated Sue, and this is sue robinson's first player discipline hearing right mm-hmm. there there were reports that she was recommending that Dan Snyder be forced to sell the Washington franchise. Right. I well, mean, now, now, clearly, that didn't happen. Right. But it gives us, if that's true, and we assume that that report is true. I mean, she's got it, the hammer. It, yeah, it gives us some Sue's insight got the hammer. That not to Sue mention, wants to come down right. hard yep. on this. I mean, not to mention he's refusing a congressional subpoena. Yes. Snyder. Is, what's that? Not to Sean. Snyder. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Snyder. Snyder. Yes. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Yes. Well, that's what I'm talking about. So, like, I mean, this guy, there's so much bad about him out there, and he's essentially not been punished. This idea that he's been suspended and his wife is running the team is absurd. Right, right. Of course. Right, of course he's involved. But you know, what's interesting to me is, yeah. so the optics will be Sue Robinson wanted to come down hard on an owner. Mm-hmm. Right. And the league dismissed her recommendation. Yes, right. exactly. What if Sue Robinson wants to come down hard on the player and the league is okay with that? Again, right. it's all about optics and how there seems to be two different tiers of justice for players and owners in the NFL. I just realized that the Dan Snyder thing is like when, um, what was this, or when Fidel Castro was removed from power in Cuba and there's, he's like, all right, well, my brother's in charge now. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. So everything's cool, Well, right? when the DeBartolos lost uh, power of the 49ers, it, there was something very yeah. similar that happened with that as well. Mm-hmm. Whenever there's like a transfer of power within the family, yeah. I'm like, okay, wink, wink, nudge, yeah. nudge. Sure, you're not running the team. Yeah. So, I think, you know, you said a good, you said something that was very smart earlier about I how, did? Yeah. Man, you always do. That. But the one thing that I, yeah. that, and, and Mike, you, you kind of made these comments too. It's just like, we don't know. We don't know. And quite frankly, I know that the audience is sick of hearing people try to talk as if they do know. I'm especially sick of hearing sports calling people call and say like, no, speaking legally, my brother's a lawyer. Yeah. And he said. Or my neighbor. Uh-huh. My neighbor's cousin's a lawyer, so I think I speak from a place of knowledge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, Mike, those people make me a lot of money. For that. <laughs> I know they do. I know they do. <laughs> so, the, I, how long be, be, before we have a ruling? Because I had initially, uh, Jim Donovan was reporting a couple of weeks ago that yeah. the Browns expect to know by uh, prior to the 4th of July weekend, that that tells me that the league probably had told them that the hearing was going to be today, weeks ago, right. and they knew. Um, I was sort of conspiracy theory, not knowing what I'm talking about, but guessing mm-hmm. that they would news dump this on Friday, July 1st, heading into the three-day weekend because it gives them an extra day of cover from any criticism or the heavy news cycle rotation that this story is going to get. Do we think, is it possible that by Friday we could hear from Sue Robinson? Or is that too soon in your in your mind? No, I think it's possible. I, You know, let's wait and see how long this goes. I don't even know. Do we even know how long this is going to go? Is it one no, day? No, we don't know if it's like, one day no or two. Idea. That's what I'm saying. We like, haven't heard. We don't I think we know. definitely could hear something by Friday. Oh, uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's very feasible. Uh, you know, they'll take today, possibly tomorrow. I think it probably depends on how long the process takes. Right. I can't imagine it going more than two days. The conspiratorial person might say, picture the NFL uh, with both lawyers in a room Five months ago with Sue, 
with Roger Goodell. Here's Everybody's how it's saying, gonna go. here's That's how it's going to go. Yesterday. And then this week we'll do this. Then you'll release this. And then we'll say, well, we can't right. do that. Yeah. And then like red That's yarn exactly going what I said yesterday. The, it, and, these are actors yes. playing out roles and now, in a pre-written play. It would be the perfect time to release something like that. Friday is always the perfect news dump spot, as we know, especially before a holiday weekend. Yeah. So he'd be like, right there, we'll do that. That'll slow things down. We got the congressional hearings for January 6th going on simultaneously. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be perfect. Nobody will see it. And by the way, one angle of this, and I'm sorry, Mike, I know you asked me to hold this until another day, but I, I, I really, I, I feel <laughs> like I got to bring it up now. In other words, McNuggets, he's giving you the stiff arm. Yeah, I'm yep. sorry. No, but, hey, just, so, just so everyone knows, we'll yeah. bring it up. If we don't get fully into this apple, we will we return. I got to bring it up because I feel like a lot. So we've talked about why Cleveland is a great sports town. And I've talked about the fact that people take their sports personally. It's part of who you are as an individual in Cleveland more than any place I've ever spent any time. And not that they're they even New York. Be, oh, by so, so much more, okay. not even close. It's that's why everybody has at least some level of interest. You take it personally. So when the national media, the evil national media makes negative comments about the Browns, especially, but, but any of the Cleveland teams, I think people in this area take it personally. Because I think people here more than anywhere else feel like the team is a part of their city and who they are, and it's more intertwined than it is in other places. And so when this suspension comes down, if it ends up being a year, the Browns are going to get trashed, right? They're already being killed by a lot of people. They're going to get destroyed in the national media. And then our fans are going to get very angry and take it personally. But here's the thing. I don't buy this narrative that if the, even if Deshaun Watson misses a whole year, that this was a terrible trade. Now, we could argue that if we knew it was going to be a whole year, maybe they would have given up a little less. Mm -hmm. But the reality is we knew there was going to be a suspension at least a quarter, if not half of the season. So I don't know that they would have given up that much less because there were a ton of teams that wanted Deshaun Watson. You can't judge a trade until it plays out. Until, exactly. Until his time plays exactly. out. Exactly. So, so, but it would certainly have an incomplete grade next to it with an arrow going down. This isn't how they thought it would start. No doubt. But the bottom line is Deshaun Watson's still really young. And when you acquire a quarterback that you think is great, and he's already proven that he's a great talent, you're not doing it for one year. You're doing it because they want him to be the quarterback for the next 15 years. So in the long run, this year is a disaster, obviously. A absolutely. And you're wasting a year of some really That's good, high-paid players. Good point, Bull. That's a good point. But yeah. in the long run, it could still turn out to be a great trade. So so you're going to have to deal with them killing Cleveland and the team. But... Yeah, and you got to hold your tongue because they're right for a year. But in the long term, this is far from the yeah, if, if he goes on to win a Super Bowl two or three years down the road, you can't judge right. this trade anything other than being a complete success. That's but right. even Think. with the suspension. Retroactively, yes. though, pretend they announced this trade when it happened and they announced it. And we knew then. And they oh. told us then. They're like, but he won't get to play for a year. Then, everybody, well, we've got this team that's re this roster that's ready to go. Yeah. And with the narrow window, telling this fan base, it's like, just so you guys know, we know you've been very patient. I know you got that playoff win a couple years ago. you got to wait whenever, another year. But you got to wait another year while you watch yeah. all these great players get older. Everybody well, would have freaked out. To Bull's point, they wouldn't have had to give up three first right, round Right, maybe give up a little if less. If they knew that. But you still would have had to give up a lot. Not quite as much, mm -hmm. but a lot. Right. I still would have been in favor of the trade, personally. I wouldn't have been as excited as I was even with happened. Even if the trades, even if every was the same as far as the parts and pieces or pieces and parts like that how many how I still I think they would have got a little but not even, if they gave up three draft even picks, if they did and, and you and I knew for sure it was one year and that was it I still say well I got Deshaun Watson for a decade after that I'm good there's right. the collateral damage of the fallout of the relationship with Baker which I was all for moving on from Baker and, and trying to upgrade that position but at the same time you've now taken a step back this year 
Jacoby Brissett is not as good as Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. So that that is something to factor in. And secondly, where I think you can come down on the Browns is they insisted and screamed to the heavens to anyone who listened. They did more homework on this than anyone. They did their due diligence. That's the problem I had with it. Part of the due diligence is knowing what's coming from the league. Right. And to be completely blindsided by a year suspension. The most important part of the due diligence, really. The Well, well there's I no way they could know what the league was going to do. You have to. I, you have to. I mean, we you don't know, know the now, worst case but, scenario. But see, here's the thing. We don't know now what the league's going I know. to do. So I they pretended the like they did me, know. Jason, was you, it's impossible to have done your due diligence. Yeah. Without talking to the women, it was absurd. That's that's yeah. just impossible. Yeah, and that's what I think most fans were upset about. They when felt they like heard. they needed to say that yeah, at the Jimmy's time. Jimmy's comments, were, as has been often the case here, have been were ridiculous. Well, here's actually where I I I think I understand why they didn't talk to the women because the NFL talked to half of the women, and the Browns theoretically, realistically, would have access to all of those interviews. So what are they going to ask these women that the NFL investigators did not ask? Or were there questions that they could have come up with that the NFL didn't think of? Possibly, but they have all the notes right there of everyone that they talked to. But I will say, and I think I mentioned this on the show before, when they read the New York Times article, was there anything in that article that they didn't already know? I bet you the answer is yes. And that's where you fall short on doing due diligence. Well, the number 66, Deshaun was didn't even know well, yeah. one reporter from the New York Times should not be and she spent 17 months investigating this and the Browns did not but one reporter from the New York Times should not be able to accrue more information than an entire NFL team with all of the all of the uh, assets at yeah. their disposal who claimed that that was the most intense investigation yes. that's ever done and with ever. the future of your franchise right by the way another possibility is that the league you know was so ticked off by the contract of Deshaun Watson that they decided to be more could have been a factor, with the, and, and that's the where and that's where I don't know if we'll ever know the answer to this. When the Browns say they're cautiously optimistic that it's not going to be a suspension that derails the season, and now we're talking about a year, did something change? Did the NFL go back on something that they told the Browns, or did the Browns not really fully investigate what the suspension was going to be in the first place? That's what I'd like. To I don't know, know if we'll ever know the answer. I don't to think that. we will Probably either because not. I don't think the Haslam's yeah. will ever come out and say but that. But those two things don't align. To, what to, we were told when the trade no, was they made definitely don't. and where we are today. Does not and well, that's why to, to your original point that they're gonna they're gonna get pounded by the national media if yeah. he gets a year. I, I think that's fair, but I don't think it would be f- fair if they went so far as to judge the trade a complete disaster. Right, but they, they will. They, but they, I'm hoping yeah. the way the national media parcels this out is they say the Browns in making the biggest trade that the franchise has ever made. Do we agree on that? Yeah, sir, Maybe sure. in the league's history. Claim that they did the most thorough investigation that they've ever done. And we're here? Yeah. They deserve to get oh, a no lot doubt. of the heat owner, for that. The owner certainly deserves heat for that. But, 100%. But uh, to label it a failure and a complete disaster. Right, that's wrong. And now look, we don't know that he's going to play a decade. That's the hope. Yeah. How many quarterbacks play into 37? The, yeah. the vast majority of them don't see their 37th birth mm-hmm. year in the NFL. Tom Brady's a freak, and we've, you know. Right, right, right. And there are other guys. I mean, I think Drew Brees was not not a lot of wear exception. Not a lot of wear and tear on this quarterback right now. Well, yeah, there is. Yeah, he's certainly fresh. Yeah, I mean, well, not, even if it's eight years, whatever. If he plays at yeah. a high level. Uh, look, if we get five, you had yeah. said, uh, some, I, I think, I can't remember if it was what we were listening to Albert Breer or before the show. He said that the contract pauses if he's yes, out of the league. That is correct. So they would still have five years of control of Deshaun Watson. Yes. So 
I, I suppose, it's, particularly if he comes out and plays really well the first two or three years, it's good that you have I mean, that. Five full years is better than four and a half. Yeah, if uh, you're looking uh, at it from uh, a contractual standpoint. Absolutely. Right. I mean, particularly if he plays well in the, ex, in the what ex, does that wait, let me just money. Let me just clarify Sorry. what you said, Jay. Yeah. Just so everyone understands at home, because right. I want to make sure I understand too. <coughs> yeah. If he gets suspended for the entire season, the contract, they don't lose a year of the contract. Contract it just pauses. Gets pushed back a year. Yes. yes. Everything exactly. moves back one yes. year. What, so nothing, with the money and with the get pushed back a year too. So well, we I imagine the terms. I imagine he wouldn't wouldn't be paid. No, he doesn't. And then for right. 2023, his salary would be one million dollars, and then the all of the escalators bonus. kick yeah. in for year two, three, it, four, it, and five. It just gets pushed back a year. It's okay. That's it. And so to clarify, there, so there is, that, that is a very happening. small silver lining. Yeah. In the cloud of one full year suspension. Right. So there's yes. that. I mean, it's not like, well, now you've got a four-year contract right. with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, yeah I mean, the big negative years. is obviously you have some high-paid players on this team. You're going to start having to deal with salary cap potential issues. You've spent a lot of money at running back. you spent a ton of money on the offensive line. David Miles Njoku. Garrett, Denzel yeah. Ward. J- All the David other Njoku. contract clocks keep ticking. Yeah, yeah they do. So. And the, let's face it. I mean, if, if Jacoby Brissett plays 17 games, the Browns are not going to the playoffs. You hear that, Jacoby? Shots fired. No offense. I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, you never know, but it's unlikely. No, the Brissett heads are so pissed right I, now. Listen, yeah. if, you, yeah, if, you, <laughs> if you had to put money down on playoffs or not with yeah. Jacoby for 17, the smart play would be I mean, not. Yeah. But, in this I division, mean, stranger things have happened. I think sure. we can all – you know, of when course, Tom Brady know. did miss his one season due to injury, I don't think anybody thought that Castle was going to come in and take them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right. But the infrastructure and the system in New England were there. And they executed it. Yeah. The, the talent's here. That's why, you know, I, I know the Baker thing is gone and done. Yeah. But I, I, I would hate to see this team go 10-7 and seven and just miss the playoffs with the Jacoby Brissett when I think we all agree Baker is a better quarterback. Yes. Would Baker have been the difference in one or two games? to get you into the party, to give you a chance to win a Super Bowl. And that goes back to the collateral damage, what I'm talking about. You said you'd still make the trade, even if you knew he was out for a year. Yeah. Well, the collateral damage comes down to the way that it just absolutely destroyed the relationship with Baker. And I, I just don't think there's any reparation to that. There's no coming back from that. Yeah, but would you rather have one more year of Baker and then who knows for the years after that or have one year of Jacoby Brissett and then five years of Deshaun Watson. Baker, personally. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I would pivot and go wow. the other way. Yeah. I would say Jimmy G. I want to have a fun year watching football. Oh, no, okay, I would say Jimmy yeah, no. G for a year. And, and that's then an Deshaun option, too. That. That, that's, like, that's an option. Yeah, I'd be better. That, yeah. I, prefer I, mean, look, that. I do think if Watson is suspended for a year, they will try to get another quarter. You have to try. You, have to. you can't yeah. go into the year with Jacoby Brissett because you and, have and now downgraded. Garoppolo is probably the best guy you can get. I mean, and I think, I actually think, and even though I've said this, even though Baker's a little more talented than Garoppolo, I think Garoppolo's a better fit for this team. Just like just like I said, you know, listen, Pat, I, I think Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes may be more talented than Joe Burrow, but as a Bengal fan, I wouldn't trade Joe Burrow for any quarterback, even if he's not Me as talented. Either. Well, you're talking, you're talking about three elite guys. Right, but even at the lower level, like I don't think the gap between Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield talent-wise is that big a deal. So even though Baker's a little better, there is, I'd rather there have is Garoppolo. Eight, there's $7 million more salary for yeah, Garoppolo. Yeah, none of it's guaranteed, so they can work that potentially. Well, he, he's guaranteed that number this year. You, he's not. unless I, he If he's on the opening day roster for the Niners, it becomes guaranteed. Well, what? what yeah, but if a team trades for that contract... Right, but... You would you would yes. assume that he'd be reasonable in a negotiation. I would hope so. McNugget has a has yeah. a, a little nugget on on Baker. Baker. Yes. Yeah. So we had a whole what the internet sayings on Baker 
I'm going to switch it to what Baker actually said today. But as always, okay. we'll read you something from the internet. It's oh, brought to okay. you by PCC Airfoils. Oh, Are you looking for a job man. with career advancement and great benefits? PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils at Eastlake, Mentor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus get a full benefit package, paid time off, and a signing bonus. Apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So Baker Mayfield spoke this morning at his camp in Norman, Oklahoma. Wow. And Carrie Murdoch, who is the head of Sooner Scoop, which is the biggest Oklahoma fan site, website out there, tweeted this out at 11.14 this morning, so 13 minutes ago. And I is quote, Carrie a, a male or female reporter? He's a male. Can we get him on? I'd love uh, to hear what everything yeah, Baker I, I'll had to reach say. out to him right now, but okay. this was his tweet. Quote, I asked Baker Mayfield if there was any chance for a reconciliation with the Browns if they were without their quarterback this season. He said the Browns would have to reach out to start that process. Wow. Mayfield says he has since moved on. But does that mean the door is officially chase closed? Me, is he reevaluating his whole situation now, knowing what could be coming from the NFL right. on the Deshaun I'd love Watson to talk front. to Kerry. I'd mm-hmm. love to drill I'm down. I'm going to reach out right now. Okay. If I thought I was about to head to Seattle, I'd probably be re- like rethinking everything too and thinking like, look at all the stuff I've got here. Yeah, I've got well, a lot of weapons. At least he said the smart thing for once. I know. I give him credit yep. for that. Yeah, yeah. and I, I, I'm Whether surprised too. Or not, I thought he would have said, yeah. no, that br- Right. Because the, the thinking was – he was the one spurned, so he was like, done, mm-hmm. out of right, here, right. no chance. To me, that sounds like the bridge we thought that was napalm yep. still has a couple of you strands know, it sounds like It sounds like if you like go through a bad situation with like uh, a lady that you are favoring and dating or something like yeah. that, she's like, it's over, it's over. And then she's like, I can't imagine what he could say that would win me back. <laughs> that leaves the door open. That tells you the door's or, open. You, or this scenario where a friend of hers yes. asks yep. him – are you completely done with her? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to reach out to her, but if she right. reaches out to me, maybe there's a conversation to be right. had. Yep. So what I'm saying is, yeah, right. there's a chance. Yeah. Jason, it, it sounds no, like it's cracked. I can't. I can't. He says no that. chance. He says no chance. Yeah. I don't think it's happening. Off your no chance. I don't think it's happening. No. But it did sound the there. Clearly, haven't reached out to him. Although I guess you don't know. He could just be saying that. But yeah. listen, if they they could be sitting in their offices in Berea right now, going, wait, yeah. ba- what did Baker say? Mm-hmm. Mm. Really? Did he? How did he say it? Was he? Yeah. Was he mad? That's why we nice? need to. Was we he need smiling? to talk to Brian Hartline. And we also should ask Kerry if if he decides to come on the program, see if he has video of that comment. I will, I'm, I'm DMing him right so now. So I'd love to, I'd love to play that so we can awesome. read into yeah. whatever body language yes, is going yes, on. Yeah, like I'm sure right. we got uh, Coach Hartline on with us. Yeah, now. And Coach exactly. Hartline. So without our, further ado, our first guest on today's show hey. he is the pride of Glen Oak High School, Woo. which is of course near Canton. Played three years at Ohio State before jumping to the NFL early. Led the Buckeyes to the 08 BCS title game. Had a great career with the Miami Dolphins. In fact, I don't know if he still has the record. I'll ask him here in a second. But at one point, he set the single-game receiving record, 250-some yards in a game. Had a great career with the Dolphins. And then he came to the Browns. Had a year here with the Browns before deciding he wanted to be a coach. So we welcome into the program Brian Hartline, who is now not only the wide receiver coach with The Ohio State University, but he's also the passing game coordinator. Brian, great to see you, man. Welcome to the program. Very good to see you. Good it's to see you guys, too. Are. Good to it see looks, you. It looks beautiful there, yeah. man. You just hanging out in Columbus? Fort Myers, man. 
Oh, Fort Myers. <laughs> no, Fort Myers. Yeah, I see what you're yeah. doing. It's hey, Fort Myers is a beautiful area. Hey, congrats on being named the 2021 wide receiver coach of the year and on your promotion. Um, we're watching what you're doing here from a distance. And I got to tell you, it's, it's really impressive. How in the world are you landing all of these five stars and really turning OSU into WRU? I mean, this, you guys, the talent you brought in is incredible. How's it happening? You know, I don't know. I think that the big part is identification. I think we're, we're relating to the right guys. I think we're, we're speaking to like-minded individuals and, and the things we're offering and the things that we're trying to get done, they want it to get done too. So uh, I think the marriage, if you will, is, is, you know, pretty seamless from a identification standpoint and we have what they want and, and it works for both sides. Brian, what are the things you look for in these guys? You know, obviously they're all talented players. Otherwise they're not coming to Ohio state, but yep. what are the other things you're looking at when you're recruiting these kids that make you feel like they're a good fit for Ohio state? You know, I think that well, one Ohio State's very close to my heart, beer and, and uh, so I, I take that with a lot of responsibility. I know that the type of young man I want to bring in this room has to exemplify the things that we stand for. And frankly, there's a lot of some highly recruited kids that I've been blunt with that, hey, listen, I'm not recruiting you anymore. Uh, that's that's part of the process. I think what am I looking for? Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of commented on it a couple of weeks ago, but that mental makeup of the athlete, you know, that that is the competitiveness, the coachability, the, you know, the, the, the bigger vision is so critical. There's so many guys that run this and run that and are this quick and this height and this weight. Like that's, that's just, that's all good. But that mental makeup can really separate a player, you know, being around, you know, the Stephon Diggs and the Barton and Marshalls and the Jarvis Landry's and Mike Wallace and just all the guys I've gotten to know. I'm just looking for those kind of guys. And, uh, you know, I think we're doing a pretty fair job of that right now. I want to I want to add context to what we're talking about here, Brian. Ari Wasserman, who does a great job recruiting for us at The Athletics, said, since the 2019 class and including up to the 23 class, you have gotten a commitment from 14 top 100 receivers nationally <laughs> in the same span. The rest of the Big Ten has landed two. Wow. Two. Wow. The, pie, you got the Pied Piper of wide receiver recruits. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, you are one of the one of the so top I, recruiters. Go ahead. So I just I don't know the, the recruiting connotation just doesn't always sit well with me, and and I try and I understand it's part of what we do, and but it's really wanting to identify and coach some of the best athletes that want to be great players, and I think that the relatability and and frankly the honest conversations I probably give them is probably different than a lot of other coaches out there. I can't I don't know that I'm just assuming that. Uh, but, you know, I think, again, uh, I don't know. I mean, the numbers do get a little, uh, you know, crazy when you start breaking it down that way. But I just, we just, I just don't think about it that way, you know. So, uh, but, yeah, we've done a pretty darn good job. And, and again, we have over a 3.0 in our GPA in our, in our receiver room, too. So the quality of young wow, man that's in our room is off the charts. That's incredible. And so I, I don't want that to be lost. Like, it, yeah. The, the athlete is really good in our room, so. You what's, have your been... favorite, what's your favorite part of the job? Right? What, is it being on the field with the guys? Is it getting them to come? What is the favorite part for you? 
He's contemplating. We're frozen. Yeah, this uh, is a good question. He's so really he's, caught he's up on that. thinking extra hard. Yeah. That's what's going on there. I think he froze. He froze. We'll get him back as soon as we can, All unfortunately. Right. Hey, this is what happens when you're on vacation. No, you know, Sometimes this is what happened sacrifice. when Bull asked a tough question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, he just... He's really I think it's think the about second guest we've had freeze on a bull question. 14, yeah. sure th that stat, frozen. Insane. 14. I think that stat more than any we've seen on yeah. Brian Hartline, and there are some really impressive numbers. Yeah. yeah. When you've got 14 top 100, top 100 receivers, receivers going to one school Since in a conference. Since 2019. And, and, you know, that's a, such a 19, pivotal. 19, 20, 21, 20, five classes. That's, that's insane. Five classes. Really well, look at, look at what happened at the draft. You had three consecutive picks in the top 12. Top yeah. 10 mm -hmm. that all committed to Ohio State. Yeah. Now, one of them obviously transferred to Alabama in the process, right. but three straight guys in the top 10 or can 11, you, whatever that was. Can you just imagine seeing that number and being like a coach at Purdue and just be like, <laughs> oh, third yeah. in three oh, years. The defensive backfield coach for any other Big Ten school. Yeah, right, right. Hey, guys, we got Coach How back. do you let's, handle okay, that? Let's bring him right back in. Uh, right. That's the, right. the thing of beauty with vacation, Coach. We understand it happens. <laughs> there you go. Sorry about that. So, it's all right. So, so what is your favorite part, Coach? What is the favorite part of the job? Uh, I think that uh, I really enjoy building the room. You know, I think putting it together and, and being able to hand select the young men that I get to coach is really, really awesome. Uh, you know, I think, you know, I see myself in the same seats that these guys were in. I see my son in those seats. So I just have a, a strong passion for the room. And uh, I don't take that lightly. I think the guys know that. And, uh, you know, so I guess just the selection process and, and, and the maturation of these young men is just crazy. You know, Chris Olave was, was a, his first year was my first year and, and Garrett Wilson's first year was my second year. So to see that whole process and then to see it conclude, uh, even with Jameson, you know, at, 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 that, at, the, at the draft, um, it was very, very special. Hey, Brian, you said a short while ago that, you know, you, you've actually came out and said to some recruits, you know, I'm not recruiting you anymore. What would lead you to make the decision that this guy isn't necessarily the right fit? And I know I'm not asking for specific players, but what would trigger that decision yep. for you to tell a young man that we're not, we're not interested anymore? Well, I think just the understanding that although it's a process for them, it's also a process for us. You know, I think that you know, when you're going through the process, you're still trying to identify the guys that you're most certain. Again, it's a, sports is an odds game, right? I mean, when you run this fast, your odds of success are this. When you're this tall, your odds of success are this. And so we're just always playing those odds. I think that the more you get to know the young man, and you get to know his mental makeup and also the family, which is really important. I try and, you know, focus on the odds of success. And at some point, you got to make that gut call on if they're a fit for you. You can't just say it all the time but also not tell young men like, hey, you know, we're going to go a different direction. So um, I think it's just the honesty that people really appreciate, and we try to do that as much as they're honest, we're honest as well. Coach, you've been a pretty proven evaluator of wide receiver talent. Can we get a quick evaluation of what you think of the Browns receiving core right now? <laughs> I love I love the David Bell pick. I think yeah. that uh, yeah. uh, nice. the player, I think that, uh, I think that uh, he's going he's gonna to do well. I have said around looked at enough i think uh, dpj right um mm -hmm. he's really done a lot better once leaving that that's that team up north um so <laughs> i think that uh i i think that uh again they're trying to put it together i think you know obviously it's well documented on everything else going on out there but uh from the receiving core standpoint uh you know losing, losing jarvis does not help no matter what anybody wants to say 
so we'll see. But I like I like the, the David Bell pickup for sure. Yeah, right. That's great to hear, actually, that he likes Bell because yeah, he's, yeah. he's seen him Absolutely. up close and he knows what he can yep. do. Hey, you mentioned Jarvis and you mentioned yep. Chris Olave. They're going to play together, of course, with the Saints. Another former Buckeye, Michael Thomas, is there as well. How do you like that for mm-hmm. your guy fitting in with, you know, two other guys, two veteran wide receivers that could probably teach him a lot? Yeah, awesome. It's so surreal. I mean, I remember – I'm trying to think here now. 2011 or 12 when Jarvis came to Miami and uh, – and then kind of working together and getting to know him and getting pretty close. And, and now full circle, um, you know, him being with Chris, you know, you know just, just family. You know, we had Jarvis on on a Zoom for all the receivers back in COVID in 2020. So just just all the kind of connections there is pretty cool. And I know Mike Mike's feeling a lot better. Uh, he's excited to get back. He's taking Chris under his wing as well. So he's got a great group down there. Just kind of see the maturation of – of Jamison and uh, Winston to see how he does at the quarterback position will be critical, but he's got a lot of weapons around him, that's for sure. Yeah, especially at wide receiver. Hey, so you, you mentioned the team yep. up north. I love that you still don't say the word Michigan. That's fantastic. I'm sorry that I just said it. Come um, on, man. I know, I know, I know. I feel bad that's doing it, especially in front of Brian. We had Leroy Hordon, who is obviously an alum of the school up north, played for years here with the Browns and hosts a radio show down in 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 South Florida and he talked he, he was on a couple of weeks ago and he told a story about when he first had you on his program about the conversation that unfolded let's play that and then we'll get your reaction to it on the backside so we interviewed him and you know me and my bravado I'm gonna talk <laughs> trash if I see a Buckeye I have to right I say so you know, they give out these little gold pants when they went beat Michigan. Yeah, I saw you guys so just trying to I rip said, that I was, off. I said, hey, Heartline, I was 3-1 and one against the Buckeyes. What were you against the Wolverines? He said 4-0. Oh. Yeah, I he said, was. well, I shut the hell up right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> uh, that's the best way to shut somebody down right there, 4-0. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think uh, – that, that holds a special place in my heart, uh, <laughs> that game. Uh, you know, I, and again, I'm not going to – I don't want to really talk about it because I'm still sick, but I think that uh, <laughs> everything happens for a reason, and yeah. the uh, the refocus on that game is very apparent. And I think that, you know, in this in this light, you know, our guys fully remember now what that game's about. I mean, to ask these young men to be honest about – you know what that rivalry means like i know i know we we hate you know hate the team up north and we have you know we, it's a lifestyle not a game and we live at 365 but you know jackson smith the jigba from texas does not fully understand and cj Stroud does not they just didn't i think it fully i think everyone fully understands now and uh we're excited for that game i know we don't want to rush the whole season but uh it's in our crosshairs every day man i love to hear that <laughs> you know you mentioned uh, unrelated to really kind of but for a minute but you mentioned Jackson Smith and Jigba and his brother is a professional baseball player who got called up to the big league by big leagues by the Pirates about a month ago he played a couple of games and then he got hurt but that's pretty amazing that two young guys great athletes one of you know will soon be a professional football player and one you know one is a professional baseball player pretty amazing bloodlines there in his family huh yeah it's a uh you know the uh, the bloodlines is real. I mean, if, if everyone pays attention to sports now, I mean, whether you're looking at the Bosa brothers or you're looking at Jackson Smith, I mean, it doesn't really yeah. matter. That, that that lineage is real. So, 
Um, anytime you're evaluating talent, um, I promise you something. Marvin Harrison Jr., that bloodline is real. So, uh, just, well, hell, your brother just, played in the NFL just, at quarterback for a while, didn't he? Yeah, he had a cup of coffee. And hey. uh, he's down at – absolutely, he's down at uh, Auburn now. He's coaching uh, down there. So he's in the business. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And Cannon's a great dude, Jackson's brother. And, uh, you know, we wish him nothing but the best. So, Brian, you obviously had a highly successful NFL career. You made a lot of money. And now you're one of the hottest coaching candidates, it really, in college football. How high do you want to go? Do you have aspirations of being a head coach? That's such a different animal than the world you're in right now. Mm-hmm. Are you good where you're at, or do you want to be a head coach one day? Well, I, I, I'm very good at where I'm at. Uh, but I would say that I'm a competitor and, uh, I don't know what the path holds, but I'm definitely not rushing into any kind of path. I love my room. Again, every time I think about it, like I, my wife and I, we can't imagine going in there and telling the room that we're not going to be here anymore. So, uh, that's, that's a big ask. Uh, I do want to be a head coach. I don't know, you know, where and, and how and, and all that. I know I need to win. I know I'm never going to go anywhere where I can't win. If I can't win the conference, I probably won't go there. So if I can't go chase a, a, a Super Bowl ring, um, I know every team can, but you know what I mean. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, you got to see the vision. And uh, that's really, really, really important to me. Uh, so I love Ohio State. I love Coach Day. I love, you know, Columbus. It's home. My family's from there. So um, a lot of variables. It's not just it's cut and dry for maybe a lot of coaches that are out there. I hate this conversation, but yeah. it, it's you know it's coming. Oh sure, because if he know. wants it, it's out there. It's going to be out there. I'm wondering, Brian. So you're, as a coach, you've established this collegiate record of being able to recruit and also develop talent. I know I talked with you on the phone over the weekend, and you wanted to stress that your development is just as important as the recruitment itself. Really, and more some, important. And, well, and, yeah. and sometimes that's overlooked, especially yeah. everybody saying, "Well, he's getting all this great talent." But it's also, he wanted to stress the development. But yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, too, Brian, that you, you had such an established career as an NFL player. Has there been interest? Because I know there's been interest on the collegiate level. H- have you heard from NFL teams about perhaps becoming a receivers coach or ultimately a coordinator and then a head coach? And is that an ambition that you might have? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, frankly, um, I probably get three to four a year of whether I want to go up there or not. Uh, wow! So From the NFL again, yes. And I would say um, the, that that transition is very relationship based. Like I have to have a relationship with you. If not, you know that's a hairy business up there. And, and frankly, once you go up there, um, you know it's very volatile, right? I mean, I've been up there, so I don't. There's a lot of variables without to jump into it and fully lift up my skirt. But I think that, you know, uh, <laughs> relationships relationships are uh, very, very important. Uh, the vision's got to be important. Personnel is important. What I love about college, I just talked about it. Like, I love being able to go out there and assess the talent and, and select, you know. And, and I want to be able to have a, a major say in that as well if I go to the NFL. I think that that's really, really important. Uh, so, you know going through the weeds man just trying to figure it all out uh but we're very very blessed and, and we're in no rush to, to to run to run anywhere so well brian, buckeye fans love that brian i you know tyvis powell is does the show with us every wednesday and obviously you know i worked with dustin for a dustin fox for a long time and we had maurice claret in studio with us and what they all have been saying you know from guys who are not in the program like you are right now 
is we got to get the defense, the silver bullets. We need we need that back. We need to get it back. Uh, will the are you confident in the defense of being even better this season? Uh, yes, I would say that you know uh, Coach Knowles and his staff uh, very impressed. Honestly, I mean when it comes down to it, first of all their work ethic. Not to take away from anyone previously, it's just work ethics off the chart, visions off the chart, smart. You know, the whole staff's smart. They talk it. It's just um, we felt them all spring, and that's a pretty good sign. You know, yeah. when you know they do a lot of really good things, and they're honing what they want to get done, and and their demand, the demand of the players to learn a full new system and and to communicate it, and it's just been really impressive. I'm excited to see these guys continue to launch through summer and into fall camp, uh, but. Uh, their presence has absolutely been felt, and it happened pretty darn quick. Nice. You, you talked about the development of, of the guys that you brought in. One of the most impressive things from last season to me was the fact that before the biggest game of the season, before the Rose Bowl against Utah, you lose your two best guys. They say that they're going to opt out of the bowl game and they're going to start preparing for the NFL draft. And a lot of folks, I think, were expecting – the Ohio State offense to take a major step back because you're losing two critical pieces. Meantime, you've got these guys come out of the weeds and step up and step out onto a big main stage. That had to be a major point of pride for you, knowing that these guys were ready, game ready all along, and you plug them in and the offense doesn't miss a beat. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it just goes, you know, shows credit for Mick Marotti and his staff and in our process at which we develop these guys and, and we're not in a rush, you know, to, to bring these guys necessarily to the fire. I think that, you know, it's, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen King Richard, you know, that great movie yes, with mm-hmm. Venus yeah. and Serena and like, and I'm not King Richard, but I'm just saying like, you know, <laughs> we, we, we don't have to rush into things just for satisfaction. I mean, there's a, there's a, there's a point at which like, we just want to make sure you're ready and when you're ready, don't worry. It's all going to take care of itself. So, the development of Mick and Marani and his staff, the development of the offensive staff and the trust that the players give to us or we earn, like it's just a great blend there. And again, for them to show up and do what they did, um, no one was surprised. Frankly, going into that game, we were excited. I couldn't wait to watch some of these guys work. And uh, and now we're going to see it for a full season this year. So, you know, uh, it's just really exciting. Again, I can't compliment, again, the, the parents and how great the young men are because without that, it's really, really difficult to get it done. Uh, but their work ethics off the charts, and uh, we have a special group, and it's building. And I think that when young men and recruits come in and they speak with our guys and they show them the path and they calm down and and look at, you know, don't do this to us right now, coach. Come on, we you lost got him again. Coach. Come uh, on, coach. We lost him again. Uh, His Wi-Fi man. needs an upgrade at Fort Myers. <clears throat> exactly. So I'm you not know? sure. I'm not sure if he's, he's got to go. Start making that NFL money. He gets he needs to get a new coaching gig so he can get better. At, <laughs> you know, so he can actually get some decent Wi-Fi. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going on there. We want to get him back because we've got a couple more minutes left with him, and you wanted to play a game with him as we said goodbye. I want to pitch something, which I think is him. funny. He, he yeah. came back after about 90 seconds last time when it froze. Okay. So he knows he was mid-answer. He knows he's going to come back. So okay. let's just I'm curious. filibuster for a I'm second. I'm curious. I want to ask him one more question I have for him. We'll uh, do one and then you're game. I, I know Mikey, he's back. We got him back. Okay. okay. Coach, we got you. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. I, I know Mikey wanted Dang to ask it. him about Ryan Day's beer. But, but <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I, you know, like from a fan's perspective, we're excited about you guys playing Notre Dame to start the season. 
But like you, I mean, I, I don't know. Do you guys get a, it, when you play a an interesting opponent? Do you care? Would you rather play a, a a team that that would be less of a challenge? Maybe I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I think you guys kick it no. in the ass, but you want to play the good teams, right? Give it all to us, man. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I, we cannot wait for game one, September third, and at night and against you know my boy Laurenitis and Marcus Freeman. I cannot wait for that one, and I think that you know at the end of the day. Uh, you know the guys feel the same way. I mean, we were just ecstatic that it was a, it was a, a night game. Yeah. You know, s- scheduled night game, and so no, no, no. We want we want all we want all the smoke, as they say. Mm. Coach, be nuts there. Coach, we have an almost exclusively lunatic Browns fan fan base, and they'll want to know about your year in Cleveland. Do you have a, a positive memory? Something you want to share from your time in Cleveland that year? Uh, I really enjoyed playing with uh, Andrew Hawk. Oh, that yeah. guy is, is is awesome. Uh, Josh McCown, like I have great memories uh, being up there and and being home. Uh, awesome uh, time there, but uh, you know, obviously the people is what made that that made that stop very special. We had Joe Jervicious on, uh, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and he told a story about driving to the game, a home game one week, and he drove by the Muni lot, and he saw guys. In the, in the Muni lot wearing his jersey. And he said he was actually moved to tears when he saw that. Did you have a moment like that where you sort of had to pinch yourself and say, wow, I'm playing in my backyard as a professional? You know, to fully disclose, I was not a, a Browns fan. I was afraid up, you were so going to say that. that <laughs> I didn't necessarily have that. Yeah, so. Just don't, t- so don't tell us you were a Steelers may, fan. That may... That Uh-oh. may have hit me if I was, it was a Cowboys jersey because I was a Cowboys yeah. fan. Bro. Okay, but, appreciate uh, your candor. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I, I would say that uh, my first experience was that was in in college. I mean, it wasn't our jersey mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, but, I mean, the course. reason why number nine number nine was on the the stands was because you know, so that was pretty cool. Uh, but down in Miami was pretty cool and very surreal. Uh, just. It's just, it really is a blessing. Like, I know guys will say it all the time, but uh, the people you meet, the experience you get, it's just, uh, it's pretty darn cool. All right, McNuggets, our producer, um, has a game he wants to play with you. So if it, if it sucks, it's, all right, it's all try. his fault. Yep. If it's good, we planned it and just let him do it. So That's how we roll. <laughs> yeah. McNuggets, what do you got? Hey, Coach, how you doing? Thanks for uh, coming on today. Is it cool if I call you Coach? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. All right, well, Coach, one of my favorite trends in okay. college athletics is when a coach lands a recruit and they have a certain tweet to indicate they may have got a commitment. So let's take a couple of the famous ones, Steve. Coach O famously was, hold that tiger. My accent's terrible. And terrible then, you know, accent. Scott Drew had sick him. <laughs> so I was going through coaches, an elite recruiter like yourself. I wanted to see what yours was. So, Steve, let's take the next video. It's just a hands praying emoji. So – with all due respect, Coach, I think you're a great recruiter, but I think we could do a little better. So I'm going to present you with five oh, wow. ideas here Jeez. that I hope maybe we can incorporate in. I, I know you're not going to like all of these. Or you <laughs> definitely like some of may not be appropriate. Stop qualifying but, it already. But, you know, I think if you like one, maybe we can incorporate it and, uh, you know, a little throwback and see if it works. So you ready to see? I got five to present to you. You ready? Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see what you got <laughs> Oh, well, I have five. I made graphics for. I have two more that okay. may be a little too uh, inappropriate. We'll see if you like any of the five. If not, we'll, we'll get nah, to the next two. I'm really, really the best inappropriate. Ones. Come on. 
All right. So number yeah. one, Steve, let's take it. How about hashtag Buck Yeah? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Initial thoughts, Coach? I see what you did there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's go to the next one. Is there Steve. any chance you yeah. use that Wait, though, Brian? No, no chance. Uh, no. I okay. <laughs> Number two, what chance. if uh, hashtag knuck if you bucks? That's horrible. What? Like, what does that mean? It's Come a on. rap lyric. Oh, I see. Thank you. We're, we're, we're 60 years old. <laughs> yeah. You got to go easy on We're us. a bunch of old white dudes. Uh -huh. What do we know? Okay. Next one. Wait, hold on. Did Coach Freeze? Was this so bad that he froze? <laughs> he, probably he, hung up. he probably hung He's up. He's had enough of you. <laughs> <laughs> he hung up. Yeah. That's how well, we all feel. Best, he represents all of us. The best ones are coming. The best ones are coming. We got to give Coach one second. What do you guys think so far? Buck yeah. The, I, like, I, like I like Buck yeah. Buck yeah. Buck yeah. yeah was funny. The first yeah, was one was good. good. Second one terrible. He's back. But I don't know that he I can use Buck guys. yeah. I apologize. That's okay. That's okay. Okay. Buck yeah is good, but you know maybe more for a T-shirt. I don't know if I can put that on. That's yeah. true. On All right. Well, then media. these next ones, we'll All see right. uh, how you feel, Coach. Steve, let's take number three. Okay. How about just hashtag D's? Uh, <laughs> I get it. Oh my God! <laughs> what are you doing oh, here? That's great. <laughs> He's laughing. That means it's working. <laughs> All right, two more, Coach. Inappropriate. Let's take Inappropriate. the next one, Steve. How about hashtag Buck naked? <laughs> That's my least favorite so far. <laughs> <laughs> and here's, All right. Coach, here's the winner. This one I actually think you will like and we could use. And if you do, I would like a, uh, a shout-out. But how about Heartline Bling? A little <laughs> shout-out to Drake That's with the Hotline Bling. Another lyric. Drake, Hotline Bling, yeah, I know. It's not bad. People would ask me that question. Are they saying your name on there? I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they're not saying my name. <laughs> well, those are my five, Coach. I'll tell you, we have some fun with that stuff, with the commitment stuff, but I'm not going to lie. I felt like it's it was it's been so good. I just want to be very appreciative, <laughs> just like right. throw up the praying emoji and just say go Bucks and keep the humble approach and roll from there. That's so. it. It's like Nick Chubb had just given the ball to the referee. It's yeah. really simple. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what are the two inappropriate really, ones? It, Those were it's, the... it's great to celebrate it. It's really easy to celebrate when you don't do it too often. But when you kind of do it all the time, it's just. That's right. So I'm wondering, Brian, if do you have one of those five that is your favorite? Not that uh, you're going to use it, but I mean, Buck yeah is pretty good. I kind of, I kind of, <laughs> Buck yeah is good. That. I like that. That's I'm, I'm, good. I'm, def I'm definitely not using D's. <laughs> God, D's I wish you would, though. Oh my God! I tell you, your status would automatically elevate. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be You'd be getting seven or eight offers from the NFL <laughs> every year. Then I, I, I could just. I, Oh, you can see it. Like, he's one. Yeah. Coach, I'll text you the two that I don't want to say on air just so you could tell I'm me sure the worst dying to ever. See but... Come on. Yeah, what are the two that yeah. you can't yeah. say on air? Oh, my yeah. God. We're not even on air. We're on the internet. You say I mean, whatever you want. Coach, these are not actual suggestions. These are just uh... – well, first off, I got to give shout out uh, – Taylor Travis, David Waxman, Leah Musgrave helped me create some of these. I knew this you didn't come up with me. all those on your own. No. I mean, should I just say the last two? Yes. Just say yeah, it. I think you should. Coach, yes. I did not officially suggest this. Spit it out. But how about hashtag buck me harder? Okay. Buck me harder. I told I you it was inappropriate. I mean, Y'all made me say it. Why would he it. send know, that? Why would I want to say that? Yeah, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. These why they didn't make the list. You know Never what I mean? These were the suggestions. I'm going to leave it up to Brian as to whether or not you say the last one. Oh, I'm Brian, actually not. do you want to no, hear no, it? Yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Wait. I don't want to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> hey, he wants to hear it. We're this far in. You can't, you can't, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can't, yeah. no, you can't get committed. wet twice. We are not committed. 
Don't yeah. Be a I mean, I, I'm Don't already going to be canceled, but, you know, Buckeyes nuts. Hashtag. Uh, I'm not. No, Buckeyes no, coach, I'll text you on the side. I'll text. I'm not saying this <laughs> he, one on there. He okay, whipped I'm not, out. I'm not oh saying this one on there. Oh, my God. All right. Thanks, Brian. We appreciate right. it. Brian, Thanks you were awesome, man. Thank you, Coach. Yeah. Hey, go get yep. him this year. And yeah, uh, if you it, happen guys. to if you happen to put up triple digits on one oh, of your opponents this year, I think that'd be okay. them in that game. It'd be year. okay. Oh. <laughs> I think, yeah, maybe, you know, I'm excited for it. Like I said, I mean, it's, it's nothing against the guys. Uh, it's just it's a refocusing that happened, and we're excited for it. So, I love uh, it. I love it. Yeah, put in that right. work, and we'll, yep. see, we'll see you uh, against Notre Dame in the fall. Yep. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, yes, Coach. Sir. Thanks, guys. Brian uh, hashtag Buck, yeah, let's go. Fantastic, job. wonderful job. Man, when he talked about getting those guys focused, like they don't know what this rivalry means, man, they are going to come out with their everything on fire. It's a rivalry again. Yeah. It's a rivalry again. It was just you know, silly for a long time. It I, wasn't I will fun. T- yeah, when, when one team wins too many times in a row, it's yeah. not a rivalry. No, and that's right. So the, I love that he said, you know, look, you know, it's some of these kids from Texas or California or whatever. They don't know what that game means. They were like 11 the last time that they <laughs> lost. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, let's face it. Until recently, the Steelers-Browns didn't feel like much of a rivalry. It mm-hmm. wasn't. No, I mean. And it, now it feels like it's getting picked up again. teams have to be good for years. it to be yeah. meaningful. Right. Yeah.